Hey, welcome back for episode four of Turbo Comics Podcast. We're back with Zach and Matt. And this episode, we're going to be addressing just indie publishers, small books, uh, you know, books that, you know, are a little bit under the radar. They're not part of the big two, you know, but they're things that we want to shine a lot on. Maybe some old titles that you've never heard of, some new titles that maybe you should be reading. And also how those titles have really impacted, you know, media, TV, movies, that sort of thing. So we're going to be addressing indie comics, indie publishers, small publishers in this episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and we'll see you soon. Welcome to Turbo Comics Podcast, episode four. This is the indie episode. I hope I didn't jar you this time, Matt. Hey, how you guys doing? Quietness. <laughs> yeah, we're actually gone. There's no, there's no, there's no cat. We're just. You weren't expect, you weren't expecting me to just launch into the episode by just asking how you guys were doing, right? No, I'm used to starting everything off with like an oath or something. Now after last episode, so I was just the straight hello caught me off guard. Yeah, that, that makes that makes sense. You know, well, how are you guys doing? Are you guys doing okay? And 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 uh, you know, isolation and and trying to free yourself from the COVIDness or what's going on? I'll let Matt answer that first. I'm silence. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I don't know about you guys. I'm cool. Yeah, that's a good answer. I'm cool. Well, good. yeah, okay. Then everybody is everybody is cool and ready to talk Fine. about some indie comics, right? Hell yeah! yeah. Let's give us something, right. something to be excited for. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you're excited. I'm excited. I know Matt's excited. Um, I hope yes. you listeners are out there who have stuck with us to episode four. Holy shit, we're already on episode four. This is amazing. Thank you, uh, all those yeah. subscribers. Uh, thank you guys for for following us and and um, hopefully listening to us and and uh, not wanting to you know sit in the bathtub and cut yourself after hearing our episodes. But um, yeah, we understand it though. Yeah, yeah, we do understand it. You know, we've been there. Yeah, yeah we, we've been there. And you know, the you know, the, it definitely does dovetail into indie books because indie books a lot of the time cover you know darker themes like that. Um, and we're going to be talking about a lot of indie books like this <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 uh, books that make you cut yourself in general but just all kinds of indie books small publishers that sort of thing you know the type of books that we you know read that weren't necessarily marvel or dc um you know growing up some of the stuff that we love some of the new stuff actually that we're really digging um you know we're going to kind of go round robin style like we always kind of do and kind of talk a little bit about some of the things that we really dug and um i think you know everyone like started out somewhere um when it came to like indie books everyone had like that window um where they went to the newsstand they went to their comic shop and they picked up that that weird book you know maybe it wasn't batman maybe it wasn't spider-man um you know maybe it wasn't archie even maybe it was something that was a little kind of off the wall or or just strange um you know or you know maybe it just kind of looked cool and you know what were some of those books i guess that were older indie books or older titles that, that you guys really loved like what do you think Zach? Well, so I got I got two separate yet equally important stories about Image Comics here. Uh, oh yes, or, yeah. Well, right so into the, it. yeah, no. So we might as well like. Well, there's one with the Image and one with another publisher. I guess we'll start off with the other one since I was younger when that one happened. But uh, you guys already know this, but the listeners might not. So uh, when I was younger, uh, I think I might be the only one in here that was a big uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles guy. Uh, had all the toys, had the Turtle Van, the Turtle Blimp, the Sewer System playset. Uh, loved all those turtles, and I remember going to my local comic store in Oregon and seeing the actual Ninja Turtles comic, and I had no idea it wasn't Marvel or DC. I just picked it up and started to read through it, and 
uh, boy, was I stunned with the overall graphic nature of the comic. <laughs> if you've never, if you've never read the original Ninja Turtles, that shit is violent. Shredder yeah. dies in the first issue. I mean, it's it's super super heavily inspired from Frank Miller's uh, Daredevil run, um, and you can see that. I mean, it's just it's it's just bloody ninja action, and it's not really what I was expecting after watching the you know the cartoon. So that was a little bit of a, a of awakening for me. Um, made me realize that there was more comics out there aside from the big two. And then the other one, and I swear to God, I'm not saying this just for the uh, the laughs that it'll bring, but uh, <laughs> I remember uh, checking out and being uh, kind of transfixed <clears throat> by the first cover to uh, Shadowhawk. <laughs> Wow! Oh, man. I know, oh, I know. Well, I mean, he had a cool emblem, and the, the premise was cool. You know, like he, he, you know, he beat the shit out of guys, but like you didn't know who the the who Shadowhawk actually was, so it was like kind of a mystery. And then I think they spoiled that by I think issue three or four. They finally like said who the character was, and uh, you know, kind of lost a little interest in it after that. But the initial premise, and then honestly, his his costume, it, it was pretty badass. I mean, it had a cool helmet, had the, the cool <laughs> the cool blades. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was my initial uh dip are you uh are, i mean what, what, are what, you okay are you okay are you are you positive yeah, that's a lot of violent choice? comic books are, yeah. are <laughs> so you guys probably influenced by the turtles to uh read Shadowhawk. you know i, 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 I two, appreciate so I, both i appreciate I have, both of you guys not making a joke when you asked me if i was positive about <laughs> me liking shadow <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to set that up i was trying to set that up oh okay you okay. know are okay. some of our more um i guess uh you know familiar with shadowhawk listeners will understand that joke but yeah um those people don't yeah. exist man <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about hawks like you're a dark hawk fan now you're a shadow yeah. hawk guy yeah. like what is it like what what's what's the deal Dude, you're a hawkeye I, I, fan I, like yeah, like, yeah, no, that's true. You know, I uh, I think it has something to do. Like, I, I'm a big a big costume guy, so like, I like yeah. costumes that kind of just catch my eye. And it really doesn't explain Hawkeye, honestly, because this costume's kind of shit in the comics. But <laughs> like, Dark Hawk, Shadow Hawk, like they're just they they just look cool when they're brooding up on their buildings, looking over the city. You know, yeah. I, I just think I just think that uh, that's what it is, and. Uh, you know, and I have obviously a much bigger connection to Darkhawk because I actually like like the series as opposed to Shadowhawk. But still, I mean, they just they have that initial cool factor. I think like um, I think like rewinding hmm. to the turtles too, like especially that first turtles run that you mentioned. I remember um, the one one of the first things that I ever saw for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was I used to dr- read uh, Dragon Magazine when I was a kid. And in Dragon Magazine, there was illustrations of the turtles in that magazine and just random articles. But it was really interesting because as turtles became kind of more popular in the mainstream, I remember seeing those 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 illustrations and the turtles in those illustrations all had a tail, which I thought was very um, oh, well, interesting. Gross. I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever yeah. saw that. No, <laughs> yeah, it's gross. You can yeah. say gross. Yeah, I mean, real life turtles have tails, so it makes sense. But oh well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I always thought that was really interesting. So I remember like drawing turtles like when I was a kid, and uh, and including the tails. Um, and you know, I remember just kids look looked at me very strangely because the tail obviously looks like something. Yeah, phallic, I, you know? I, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if it was the tail and the turtles that made them look weird at you, well, but uh, that, that's probably true. <laughs> and then I guess another thought about like your other pick with Shadowhawk. Like I know, you know, and the listeners don't know yet, but I know that you're a big guardians of the galaxy fan. You know, where are you going with this? Where are you, you know, going with and, this? And I, when, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> the suspicions are raised. So I guess I, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a, you know, a question where I'm going to nail you to the wall really, but we go about Starhawk here. 
Well, no, I, I guess I'm wondering, like, did you like Shadowhawk because, you know, Valentino went from, you know, Guardians to then eventually, to, <laughs> oh. I mean, you know, is that why, or was no, it just, No, 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 like, when I was young, I, I didn't even look at the, the writer and the artist, honestly, okay. like, I just, I just kind of looked with the stuff that caught my eye, so, right. complete, maybe I'm just a Jim Valentino guy at heart, fuck. Yeah, I think, I think you might be, and those covers, like, obviously would have caught everyone's eye, I remember buying those off the newsstand as a kid, you know, you had, like, the the freaking holographic die yep. cut cover, like hollow yeah. foil, black you know, background. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. Chromium. Ooh. Chromium. Yeah. And then mm. and I remember, you know, there was like four issues and then I think there was like, which was like the mini and then they launched into the, like the regular series. And, right. Yeah. And it yeah. was like super die cut cover or something like that. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Outside of like the first three issues of the limited series, I have no idea what happened outside of the one big event that we still make fun of to this day. So well, why don't <laughs> yeah. you tell us a little bit about that event and how Shadowhawk eventually passed away? Oh yeah. So Shadowhawk got AIDS. <laughs> yeah, that, that was controversial at the time. Even yeah, yeah. it was, it was, you know, I mean, it was like a, a shock. Yeah, I mean, it was the height of the AIDS crisis. You know, well, not the height; it was on the the downtick, I guess, a little bit because it wasn't the eighties. But I mean, it's mid nineties. Right. I mean, a character, uh, I mean, is a relatively big comic character getting AIDS. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big deal. I mean, the X Men tried that's to do that move. with the, they tried to do that with the Legacy virus. They just chickened out and didn't go all the way and called AIDS. So. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's very yeah, true. Very true. Yeah, it was basically uh, COVID nineteen for mutants. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, yeah, rip. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think those are those are interesting picks, especially. Well, and then fun off. fun fact: I, I referenced the Frank Miller Daredevil, but if you look in Ninja Turtles one, uh, the ooze that falls into the sewer is uh, pushed off the truck, um, and basically, like you see a blind guy pushing a kid out of the way, and it's implied that the kid who gets pushed out of the way is Matt Murdock, and the same um, radioactive waste that caused his accident to be able to, you know, have his sonar abilities is also the same thing that transmuted the turtles. That's very interesting. Yeah. Who's your favorite turtle? Like, who's your favorite turtle going around? Oh, Donatello. Easy. What about you, Matt? Jenica. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's. <laughs> what? What? No? What? <laughs> no? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I don't even like the turtles, if I'm being super honest here. Like, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. I mean, not to just dovetail this into like turtle hate, but all I mean, as as we what listeners don't know is we already bitched about this for about an hour started the show. Um, you know, I, I was just into other '80s properties, like I liked Transformers. You know, I liked like Dino Riders better than I liked you know. <laughs> yes. Transformers. Yeah. Well, Dino so, Riders were awesome. Well, we're just yeah. gonna th- then we're just gonna you know you're you know Zach will be with Donatello and you'll just be you know the whatever that was where the guy like rode on the T Rex, you know where there's yeah. like lasers and missiles and all that stuff attached yeah. to us. Well, that was the that was the yeah. bad alien, right? Yeah, that was yeah. the like the yeah little manta ray looking dude. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what can you tell us uh, about? I guess maybe some of the older indie titles that you really dug, Matt. Like, what were some of the ones that you really? you know, that inspired you that you like picked up when you were a kid that you really enjoyed back then. And even today. Yeah, Matt. Well, well, when I was a kid, you know, it's like, it's like everybody, like I'm roughly the same age as these guys. So we all saw image pop off, you know, during this time and at, at the time, I, I wasn't really reading wizard at the time. So I didn't know drama of all the creators leaving and like boycotting Marvel and, you know, dipping out to make their own thing. And because when I went to the newsstands, it was just a book on the stands. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, Wildcats looks cool. You know, like, so (laughs) 
same thing, you know, like all these books that oh yeah makes fun of now for being so terrible. But oh, yeah. you know, books you're just pulled off the shelf. But really, probably my first first instance of um, my brush with indie books would probably end up being like the heavy metal magazine because yeah. boobs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And which was quickly banned in my household, um, <laughs> you know, after a few discoveries of these magazines that I had purchased. At, Dude, uh, I, I never even saw a magazine, a heavy metal magazine until after I saw the movie, the one that came out, you know, John Candy and all that shit back in the, I think it was eighties, right? Yeah. 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 Well, it blew up. I mean, they were around since what? 75 or 70. Yeah. They've been around since the mid seventies. Yeah. And so they, you know, like, but after the movie, it was a much bigger deal. And so the magazines were, you, I mean, it was a precarious time. You, they, you had spinner racks everywhere. And so books were everywhere in the 90s, you know, comic books. And I think some of these, you know, kind of snuck out. Nowadays, they would have to, like, censor the cover for children. But and this is the 80s we're talking about. So, yeah. you know, I was able to pick up a couple of these at Lonnie's Market in Payette. And, oh, boy. <laughs> trouble shout out to lonnie's shout out to lonnie's market this episode brought to you by lonnie's yeah rip in peace (laughs) r.i.p lonnie's market but yeah i think think the cool thing about like heavy metal too is that like uh, you know even back then heavy metal was sort of like one of the last sort of um you know kind of magazine format like kind of comic books that survived that sort of like purge from the 70s oh big time yeah and but, you know, when I got it, none of the stories made any sense at all to me. Yeah. You know, I was young. I was like, what is this? I was like, but boobs. Yeah. So I was very, uh, very pumped to have those few issues. And, you know, I collected heavy metal for a number of years after that. But um, another shout out to my probably one of my all favorite uh, comic book series is Bone by Jeff Smith, um, which is a, a huge achievement just in indie comic books in general, because it's a such a big big story it starts out as like a small little children's book that spirals into this sort of uh lord of the rings-esque um you know just huge thing and this huge story that you know with these really great characters really odd oddball you know and so um you know it's it's such a good book yeah it's one that anybody can read at any age which is you know sometimes hard to do and indie books tend to be like I don't know. A lot of times they are like we started out like darker subject matter, more intense. And this handles, of course, more adult themes, but in that like um, that childlike sense of wonder. And so, yeah, uh, it's a very, very good book. And, you know, yeah, um, with your your all age comment, uh, I mean, it does handle some darker themes, but uh, it doesn't. Oh, I don't want to say it doesn't dumb them down for kids. You know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it, it, it treats yeah. it treats things like real, and it presents uh, situations to kids as they are, but without making them like too horrible. But it doesn't like dumb it down for any age. So Very it's uh, I mean, it's yeah, it, it's great. I, I remember reading that. I need to reread it again. It's probably been about a decade since I cracked that open. But uh, yeah, yeah, great book. it's it's a wonderful title, and you know, you could this is um, it's going to be adapted into. I don't know if it's a movie or going to be a series by Netflix. Um, if it, no one's heard that yet, but it's um pretty soon going to be adapted and you can get like the trades anywhere. And I believe now they even have it. Uh, I believe scholastic reprints them now. You know? uh, they do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get the color reprints or you could get like um, the black and white, like omnibus, the big giant collection for very, very cheap. And yeah. it's, 
I, I can't heap enough praise on Jeff Smith's cart. He's a cartoonist, so it's very cartoony. But like everybody says here, it's it's still presented in a way that you know is enjoyable. I think anybody of any age. So, oh, big time. I mean, I, there are a few things that we'll mention on this cast for however many episodes we last that will be better than Bone. Um, if you guys haven't read that, I mean, everyone, all of our listeners, you guys should totally go and get that because like, like Matt was saying, it's great for every single age group. This is a fantastic book. Um, I think like I had a really hard time, like I picking a couple of the, I guess, older comics and, um, and I was, you know, just as guilty as, as some of you guys were, um, when it came to image, um, especially, you know, going to the going to the comic shop and picking up all of those titles that we now make fun of right i mean because they were amazing back then you know i picked up wildcast stormwatch youngblood shadowhawk savage dragon some of them are you know still like okay you know but uh, that first like wave of you know creators that left marvel and then you know started all those books with image i mean I went and picked those up in droves. I mean, I was there first in line waiting for those books because I was so excited. And, um, and, I, and I have a lot of nostalgia for them, but I also recognize, especially nowadays, um, how uh, painfully bad some of them are. Um, but there were uh, some, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it just is what it is. But the weird thing is that, like, during that same time frame, there were also a couple of indie books that I was reading um, before Image actually came around. Um, and... I don't. They don't get a lot of, I guess, press. And and one of the books that I really wanted to mention was a book uh, from Comico, and it was called Elementals. This was a book that was published actually in the early '80s, around '84. And I think I picked these books up just because they looked cool, because they were like ten, yeah. fifteen cents when I was reading them. Um, these are books that were created um, by Bill Willingham, who you know was both the writer and the artist. Um, you know, and and these were books um, that were absolutely fantastic and if you haven't ever heard of bill willingham he's the guy who later created the dc vertigo book fables um you know he's worked on a ton of different things you know over the years and and he's you know fantastic but element elementals was you know sort of like one of these books that remains one of those series that should be remembered not only for its quality and for you know the ground that it broke um you know because it really helped to kind of push superhero comics in a more mature direction. I think there's a lot of like things and themes in those books that um, really you saw later on, like in the, in the 1990s and the 2000s. Um, and, and I think one of the coolest things about if you go to a shop or if you, you know, are looking through a bargain bin, if you find these elemental books, it's a really awesome place because a lot of ways it was almost like a, um, a testing ground for some of comics, great talent, like especially early artists. I mean, I know Adam Hughes, for instance, um, did a lot uh -huh. of elemental, um, work, you know, on that title, but, um, again, amazing book on Comico. Um, you know, I think that, you know, this is a book where, um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, Comico had a lot of problems, obviously, back then. They had financial difficulties. I think they folded um, in, like, probably the late 80s, early 90s. But uh, there was a lot of really great books, you know, put out by that that imprint. And I really wanted to call kind of attention to those guys because even, even today, I know there's calls for Willingham to kind of reinvigorate Elementals. And I know there's a lot of sort of... Um, you know, there's legal problems that deal with where Comico fell into the hands with this other owner. And um, so he doesn't necessarily have complete ownership of those characters, but we're hoping for more elementals. And so that's a title anybody can find. It's easy. It's cheap to find, um, you know, but again, it's it's fantastic. And just a little bit about the book. It's, you know, essentially about, um, you know, 
these super you know super powered people who who you know die and then they get their powers that their elemental kind of type of powers and you know and again fantastic book highly recommend it especially if you're a fan of fables go back and read some of bill willingham's early work because it's awesome um the other uh title that i was going to mention and i picked this one up as a kid just because i thought the character looked funny i thought it was kind of amusing um maybe it was kind of something i didn't really normally read uh but it was cerebus the aardvark and yeah. uh <laughs> oh boy <laughs> yeah. and this is That's a, a goodie it, it's such a I mean, I think I mean I think that book turned like forty years old just a few years ago, and um, this is a book that is not easy to get into. It's an intimidating kind of prospect to really get into this book, and it's written and drawn by you know I would call him a cartoonist as well, and his name's Dave Sim, and um, it ran I think for three hundred issues, yep. um, and I think it's the single longest work from the same author in the history of of the form. Um, yeah, and I and I think you know that book um really inspired me to get other books like like that book and i think reading cerebus was one of the reasons why i gave bone a chance later on because um you know reading cerebus actually showed me wow this is a non-superhero comic but it's good you know i don't have to read superheroes all the time i can read you know something else and um and i mean the themes in that book are really great i know that dave sim has had some bad press lately um but if you can get past, <laughs> yeah, I, but if you, you know, but if you can get past that and, uh, and then go and look at some of his work, I mean, the experimentation that, that manifests in some of that stuff is just fantastic. And the character yeah. is great. So it is, um, but like you were saying, it is not a easy read. Like no, you, you have no. to, like, you have to like, it's a commitment, man. Like, <laughs> well, there's a lot to unpack, even <laughs> there with the is. issues. There is, um, man, and it's groundbreaking in a lot of ways. That's a that's a very cool pick because, um, you know, when you when you start doing this, like um, like I mentioned with Bone, Bone what's up, uh, Cerebus is not that. Wait, um, what'd you say there, Matt? You kind of cut out again. Oh, my apologies. I was saying that uh, where I mentioned Bone being, you know, like a gradual ramp up, Cerebus. Not so much. It just kind of hits you over the head. And, you know, if you're not prepared for that, especially if you've been reading, you know, you know, superhero books, it's, uh, you yeah. know, tough at first. But it's a very, very, uh, very um, rewarding experience. Yeah, it's uh, if you. Yeah. So, again, if you ever want to read about a cartoon aardvark that's living and fighting and scheming amongst human beings, um that would be a book that, that, that would definitely be one of the books that you would totally want to read. And, and so those are, I guess, you know, all of these books that we're talking about here, these are all old, older titles. These are all books that you can totally find at your comic shop. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to give a quick shout out to all your comic shops in all of your neighborhoods. If you haven't already reach out to them. Um, you know, they're probably still fulfilling orders. They're going to pull your poll. They're going to give you curbside service. Um, they really need your business and your help right now. So if you want to pick up some of these suggestions, just give them a call, email them, message them on their you know social media platform and tell them, you know, hey, I want to pick up Cerebus, like all of it. 
<laughs> or or I want to pick up Bone, you know, or I want to pick up maybe some some early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, these Shadow are Hawk. things. Or Shadowhawk, yeah. <laughs> you know. It'll be in it. the dollar bins. Don't worry. Please, yeah, please raid the three for a dollar bin and uh and grab me some Shadowhawk, you know, and I'll pick it up curbside so I have something to, you know, <laughs> utilize when I run out of toilet paper. But anyway, <laughs> um <laughs> Dude, don't use the cover, man. That would be dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, uh, die cut. Yeah, that's true. It is die cut or hollow boy. Tear your yeah. booty apart. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some? I guess we've talked about new, old titles. What are some new titles, guys? Like, what are some things that you're digging right now that are from some of these smaller imprints of these indie publishers? Oh, indie publishers, man. I, so here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I, I, it is, I mean, they're they're indie, so it counts. Uh, but they're like the biggest indie. So, it, image again. Um, They've got this brother tandem, uh, Luna Brothers, right? So they've produced mm-hmm. a, a few different books. Um, for you, you can read really any of them, um, but the two series that I read through them, which really uh, made me appreciate their art style and then their storytelling style, was Girls and the Sword. Um, now they're two, both they're very different books as far as like um, themes, uh, right? So Girls is more of a horror sci-fi. Um, basically a small town, uh, gets cut off from the rest of the world and are attacked by a group of naked flesh eating egg laying women. Um, and then it's, yeah, no, it's, and it's about as cool as it sounds. So it's basically, it's like a sci-fi horror and, uh, it's just, it's, it's so bizarre. Um, but the Luna brothers style, it's so clean. It's, it's almost like watching, um, almost like watching a movie. Like it, all the action is, it's really kind of wide. Um, so you can see all the parts moving in the frames and then their storytelling style. It's, uh, it's very linear. So, I mean, there are some flashbacks, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's a beginning middle and a definitive end in each one of their stories. And, uh, I, you know, I like that if I'm sitting down, just reading a book where, you know, I really don't know what to expect, or if it's not a character, I have a lot of invested interest in. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, the story has like a, a very clear uh, beginning idea and ending idea. And you can see that really like pay off with girls. And then there are other series that I would recommend picking up, which is called the sword, which more it, it's honestly as closer to kill bill. If I was going to liken it to any other form oh, okay. of media. Uh, so it's about a, a young paraplegic. She um, is basically having dinner with her family, three strangers knock on the door. Um, and then they kill her uh, father, mother and sister. And because uh, they're searching for the sword, um, the house is burned down and she finds the sword into the basement. Uh, she picks it up and realizes she can walk now. Um, and then the sword gives her all sorts of powers. And you find out basically that the three people that tried to come kill uh, her family are old gods that control various elements. And it's basically her fight against uh, them that you see unfolding. And there's there's four volumes in both the sword and girls. So. Uh, it means, you know, buying like $15, $16 a piece. So you can get those all at your local comic store. They can all order them for you. They came out between uh, 2000, I think 2006 for girls, and then 2008 for uh, the sword. So if you haven't picked those up or if you haven't really looked into the Luna Brothers, look it up. They have a, a very, I really can't stress their art style enough. It's super clean. Um, if you don't, it, 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 honestly, if you don't like more of the, if you're, scared of the avant-garde or if you want to be able to follow like really clearly what's going on this is you should definitely give this a shot there's like i was saying it's just like watching a show but on paper so highly recommended the luna brothers sword and girls check it out 
That's so cool. I mean, and, th and those are both books that I actually haven't read. Um, I have actually some of the the girls' books, but I don't have anything from the sword. So I'll have to rectify that. Yeah, go, I'll, cool. yeah. Go to your local comic store. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Matt? You got a new title that you're digging, or a couple that you're you're digging lately? Ooh, this is. Uh, I mean, I I love indie comic books, so there's so much out there. And buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Yeah, I could I could go on this subject <laughs> forever, but you know, I mean, the, the the great thing about indie books is is that the quality has escalated so much in these, like, and from the underground origins to where it's at now um, and what creators can do and what freedom they're given, you know? And so, I mean, there's just so many good titles out there. And I mean, some of the easy saga or deadly class or, you know, wicked and divine or stuff like that, which are all really great stuff to pick up, but um, a really small, small one that I think is kind of still under the radar for the moment is ice cream man. If no one's ever checked that out, it's very, very, uh, twilight zone-esque where there's it's just a bunch of like kind of loosely connected stories that are very like horror based or um thriller based and the only thing that threads them together is the super creepy ice cream man so huh. uh, kind of yet to be revealed as like to what he's doing but um they're very very cool and very very original sort of like uh you, you get something new every month, like a new surprise every yeah, month. Yeah, so it's is, it's like a like an anthology series, right? So it just covers like different yeah. different characters, with the exception of the Ice Cream Man. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've never yeah, read that either. The Ice Cream Man is kind of like the Crypt Keeper, then basically. Sort of, and he's like, if something bad happens, he's there, and he's just super creepy dude. And so, um, I, I it's a one I really recommend. Um, everybody checking out, and I believe that's a. I mean, all these have been optioned, you know, but I believe that's going to be turned into a, a television series as well. So, um, well, hopefully, hopefully, Clint Howard is the ice cream man. Oh yeah, speaking of creepy, um, <laughs> he's still he's still alive. Yeah, dude, I, always, forever. Yeah. He's never going to die. Yeah, he's, um, he's he's eternal. And my other pick would be, um, and this one's, uh, so this pick is kind of a bad pick because it's actually very difficult to find. I believe it's out of print right now. Um, hopefully if people get more interested in it, that changes. It's a book called uh, generous bosom and it's uh, a, a self-published comic, which, you know, these tend to be kind of hard to get and you have to usually get them straight from. Did, the did you publish this comic? No, I wish it's really <laughs> good. Um, it, it's for fans of like David Lynch. And if you like um, crash, the good crash, the one about smashing cars and having sex, Yes, the good crash, the good crash. Um, and it's a really, really erotic psychological thriller. And it's um, intense. Um, it's about a, a guy who gets stranded and then he's stuck with like a couple. And kind of like the the events unfold in a really bizarre way. I mean, it's like I said, the best way to describe it is if, you know, you want like you want to read something written by David Lynn. Um, and I again, it's kind of stinks because uh, it's going to be very difficult to find and hopefully it gets reprinted soon. But um Maybe as people start bugging the creator or trying to find it, um, Generous Bosoms is a very, very cool book. Generous Bosoms. That's a very interesting yeah. name as well. Yeah, I think that, yeah. that would be, you know, so so. do you remember who published that? Do you remember who? Uh, I, I believe it was the creator, which I to double check, but he is um, Connor Stenchelty or something like that. Yeah. Connor, um, okay. And it's, uh, um, it's printed on Rizziograph, which, I don't know what Rizziograph is. Um, it's like recycled paper. 
So it has like a very like earthy, weird feel to it, which really enhances, you know, when you're reading this like, you know, you know, psychological nightmare. Oh, so yeah. um, it's about as that's about as deep cut as you could get on an indie book, which, you know, um, but if you're trying to like I said, that's why I drop name drop those other ones, which are all pretty easy to get. But we don't want to forget the people that are like doing this out of the love of doing it either. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, these guys don't have major. He doesn't have major backing. It, it's been no, know. and I think I think that's a really good point too. I think that you know a lot of the picks that we're going to pick here are going to be you know from Image. They're going to be from like maybe the major publisher of a lot of independent or creator owned um, books here. But there are so many other publishers and so many people that are publishing. You know, on you know on Indiegogo, they have Kickstarters going to publish books. I mean, there are a gazillion. Um, different books out there that are indie creator owned books and and these are books that i mean definitely check them out i mean twitter is a great way to check these things out i mean um you can follow the creators on there you can participate to their kickstarter campaigns um you know there's so many and and we'll talk a little bit about some of these other publishers in a moment um i kind of wanted to share i guess one of the newer it's not incredibly new but it's newer um you know books that i've really enjoyed over the years um, you know, for me, a lot of the time, comics are about escapism. Um, it's about trying to find a way to just to, to get out of my head and, and try to find, you know, some way to just completely, you know, invest myself into the, another world. And one of the books that really helps me to do that is a book called Seven to Eternity. And this is a book that um, yeah. it's been published. Uh, I, I know you dig this. Um, it's, it's, you know, 2016 sci-fi fantasy comic. Um, and this is by, and I know you guys, our listeners have probably heard a lot of these guys, but it's by the people like Rick Remender, um, Jerome Opina, um, uh-huh. and Matt Hollingsworth. And these are the guys that do deadly class. And I mean, and Jerome's worked on Kenny X-Men. And so, I mean, this is a, I mean, this is like a all-star group of creators that are working on this book. And, you know, the, the best thing about seven to eternity is, I mean, this is like, it's almost like a space opera in a lot of ways and there's lots of different reasons to really delve into this book um you know one of the reasons is basically just plain and simple just the writing i mean the writing on this book is absolutely fantastic i mean what remender has been able to do is basically create sort of like an antagonist um you know the god of whispers in this book um and he he uses like a hostile narrative of fear and hate and paranoia in the book to to basically create like this i guess kind of like a feeling of how you would actually rank different elements of power in the book and i know that might sound weird but if you're into sci-fi you really want to get into this because there's a lot of really cool relatable characters as well there's a lot of really cool like stoic protagonists and side characters that you can really get into um there's a lot of really cool character development that really represents free thought and free speech in sort of like a an iron-fisted rule of a society in this book as well so it really helps to, I guess, it's really cool just to take a look at that book and really see how those characters like traverse that that sort of narrative. But the artwork as well. I mean, you guys have probably seen, you know, Jerome Pino's artwork. I mean, this guy is fantastic. Yeah, gorgeous. So some of the, I mean, some of the mm-hmm. best sci-fi, uh, you know, visuals I've seen in in any kind of you know books lately. I mean, there's the imaginative magical realism of some of his sprawling artwork. It's just really great. But again, just the world building in this book, um, you know, it, it reminds me a lot of like, 
it kind of reminds me, I guess, a little bit of Star Wars. Um, just the 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 gradual world building in this sci-fi comic, you know, where these characters are able to travel from one distant to distant planet to another. They're able to explore, um, you know, just you know, bleak worlds like worlds that are just totally, you know, part of like a giant kingdom of Zal, I think it's called. Um, you know, whether it's a, a world that has like you know gigantic mountains or you know cliffs or flying dinosaurs. I mean, there's all kinds of really cool stuff. And then one of the things that I guess I'm kind of partial to that I love in just random, you know, media is just like kind of taking like a, a Western look and imparting that into like a sci-fi kind of narrative. And yeah. there's a, there's kind of like a, a Western look in, um, in seven tier eternity where, you know, we see our main character with his, you know, kind of rugged looks and brownish beard and worn out clothing and stuff kind of gives you like a little bit of like fields of the Nephilim kind of look right there. But Oh um, yeah. That's a super yeah. good, good book. Yeah, but I mean, I can't, I really, really, really cannot speak highly enough about this book. And again, Image has so many good books, um, whether you're reading Saga or some of the books that that these guys have mentioned. Um, You know, this is one of the best books because it really manages to, I I really think, to creatively invoke like real world themes and issues um, such as idealism and social change, but in this grand um you know all scaping kind of like um just world i mean it's 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 fantastic so i'll stop gushing now mm, no keep going i love that book it's so <laughs> it's so good i i i mean i can that's like no you, you uh, can't you say can... anything because your your mic keeps on cutting out bro <laughs> well i'll just make the noise yeah <laughs> mm. We, 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 all, all those sounds that like Zach had to edit out right there, you know, because they were probably not, uh, you know, probably, uh, for our more mature listeners, but, um, you know, again, yeah. these are all books, you know, these are all titles, newer titles that, you know, you can see, like Matt was saying, how far, I guess, indie comics have come, um, you know, when we're getting like all of the amazing books that image has published over like the last 10 years, but not even just image, like you're seeing, you know, all these other comic publishers, like, you're seeing, um, you know, publishers like Aftershock and Scout and TKO and Alterna Comics. I mean, and that's not even including some of the bigger ones like IDW and Dark Horse and Boom. I mean, these are people that are publishing some of the best comics that you can ever read right now. I would say that, I mean, while, you know, and you guys might be able to echo this sentiment, but like while comic sales have, you know, probably never been lower in a lot of ways, um, maybe Zero. comic. Yeah. I, <laughs> It's zero right now with the I mean, lockdown. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But I would, I would have to say, like, I, if if we looked at like collective of talent, if we looked at like how many good books we get just out of you know just from indie comics alone, it it, it might be you know maybe a, a golden age of comics in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a great point saying that because now we have more access to these um, you know those underground comics of like the seventies and eighties were very different. You weren't able to get all those books, you know, at regular newsstands, you had to really seek those out, you know, and those were difficult. Like, even if you're trying to just get crumb or love and rockets or all, all those oh, love and rockets, dang. Yeah. You know, but those were hard to find. Even when we were, you know, the nineties were like the comic book. heyday. those were still difficult to get. Like, I mean, shops usually just got a very few, but now, you know, it's much, much easier for, you know, bigger, um 
for these titles to come out. And a big a big part of that is what Image has done to the industry with being basically the third biggest publisher. And so you got to give a big shout out to them because uh, they get into that creator owned. We yeah, need to have a we need to have an entire episode that's just Cadillac and dinosaurs. By the way. Ooh yeah, I would like that. <laughs> that was a pretty fun video game too. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Zach? Uh, no, I was just gonna say the uh, image in general, man. Like when I with books, like I, it's hard for me to even think of Image as like an indie publisher anymore. Um, but man, they've got so many series that are just sitting on my shelf in, in trade form that, uh, I mean, it, you, you go back, I mean, we're all big fans of, uh, you know, Preacher and, uh, it just, some of the stuff that they were pumping down in the nineties, man, it's just, it's just really incredible. And the fact that you can go back and get the majority of them back in trade form right now, there's just, there's all sorts of stuff. If you haven't read that, uh, you can go back and catch up on. Well, I think that's yeah. a good point when you mentioned Preacher, because not only can we really talk about like creator-owned comics, like from Image, but we can also talk about those imprints that really helped to pave the way, I think, for for Image Comics in a lot of ways, and that would be Vertigo. Um, you know, Tears. Preacher. Yeah, I mean, rest in peace, Vertigo. <laughs> uh, you know, but I mean, what were some of the, I mean, just talking a little bit about, um, you know, the impact of, of the Vertigo imprint. Um, on us, like, you know, you, you mentioned Preacher, Zach. Were there any other titles that yeah. you really loved? Uh, the biggest one that comes to mind is uh, Why the Last Man. Um, er, that's uh, Brian K. Vaughan. Um, I can't remember the artist off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, yeah, the story, just what it sounds like, it's the story of Yorick Brown, the the last man left uh, in the world, and his journeys and uh, his way of making... It's this big, huge, global... Uh, spanning comic and uh, just Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, just so his good. stuff. His stuff always just it just does it for me, man. Like it, it, it it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. He, yeah, he's one of the best, hands down. Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, we've kind of like skirted over some of that when we talked about Saga or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But he's like indie darling and one of the one of the best best in the biz really yeah well and not, and not only did he you know was he a huge contributor to you know that particular but why the last man but he was a huge contributor for um the vertigo book uh swamp thing um when swamp thing was on vertigo i mean he was like you know one of the one of the great writers of that as well yeah and he also wrote i don't know if i want to call this my favorite graphic novel of all time but it's probably top five and that being a uh, pride of baghdad that was oh, pride of baghdad's awesome yeah. great oh book. oh man it, it's it's such such a great book it, it's you know like a uh, grown-up version of lion king almost like it, it's just <laughs> it's it's so good it's so tragic and so it's such a beautiful uh beautifully written and drawn book uh yeah um, I think, Ridiculously I, I, good. yeah i think better, it better, better than shadowhawk I mean, you put you put those first four issues of Shadowhawk into a graphic novel format. Get Brian K. Vaughn to write it. You might have something there, but <laughs> a little bit better than Shadowhawk. Somewhere, Jim Valentino is crying. So, um, no, he's Jim, not. If you're he's listening, fine. big fan. Thanks, man. <laughs> what about you, Matt? What were some of your favorite Vertigo titles? Oh, I mean, Vertigo is something that's near and dear to me because it's really like the gateway into like, uh, really like not only just mature themes, but mature storytelling in comic books for me, like finding more independent stuff. And I mean, God, I mean, animal man's a vertigo title, you know, Grant Morrison, Astro city, you know, uh, even black orchid by Neil Gaiman, you know, so good, you know, which is a kind of one that gets forgotten quite a bit. And, you know, there's 
American Vampire was fantastic. That ran God. forever by Scott Snyder, who's like an all-star now. Um, but really, my my favorite Vertigo title is probably always going to be Hundred Bullets. Um, Hundred Bullets. Yeah, Hundred Bullets was yeah. uh, for me one of like the coolest concepts. And when I I saw it, you know, it was non superhero, had nothing to do. The world building and it's so great. And it was, um, you know, the art is so great. It's incredibly violent. Um, it's something that you know, it's just it's a it's a crime saga that you know basically proposes that you know if you we're given a, you know, a untraceable gun with a hundred untraceable bullets and the information on who's basically wronged you. What you what would you do with it? So there's yeah. always a morality, but it also kind of expands the mythos later on, especially at the second half. So um, that's a great gestated tile from Brian Azzarello or however however you say his name, Azzarello, and then yeah, Edward Arisso. I got to be honest. I thought you were going to go with Doom Patrol. That's my pick. Does it? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, well, then Max, please talk about Doom Patrol. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally. I I think those are great picks. So I, I, you know, it's it's so easy to pick Preacher or Sandman or Hellblazer. Even I, I love all those titles. Like you know, but you know, I guess kind of going a you know a little left turn here, and I would you know Doom Patrol like with Grant Morrison. I mean, it's so mm. it's it's so stupidly good. It's so much yeah. fun, and it's so weird and so much fun. Like I, I, everyone should have to read that if they're into comics. I think I, everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I, you know, the other one that I would probably pick, um, you know, because there's like you said, there's so many. I mean, I loved. Um, I even liked the, you know, I made a joke about this the other day because we have a buddy who's really into Vertigo, but I even really loved the Kid Eternity stuff. I, I like that stuff a lot. Dude, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it's great. I thought it's fantastic. I, I liked, um, you know, some of the newer stuff. I liked DMZ. I thought the DMZ was really cool. Um, that was a really fun book. Um, there's just like, again, so many books that were good on Vertigo, but I, I gotta go also with fables, um, just to give some more oh, yeah. Bill Willingham love because man, that I, over so many different miniseries um, and spinoffs too, with Jack of Fables and Ferris. I mean, that was a, that was a great book. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we, yeah. we have to mention, uh, not, not to get away from doom trouble. I think we got to at least throw a, a little tip of the hat as it were to Sandman. Otherwise we'll probably get a bunch of hate. If we, don't. Oh, yeah. I oh, know yeah. at least, I know at least one person that will give us hate. If we don't mention the Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Bob. Well, that's like, yeah. That's like almost too easy though. It like, is. It yeah. is. It's right like, there. Cause Neil, I mean, Neil Gaiman, like he's huge, you know, right. I mean, from where he came from and books to where he's at now, but, yeah, there's, I mean, every single one, like, uh, yeah. Vertigo titles was fantastic and how it was curated by, um, big kudos to, you know, everybody that worked on all that stuff, because for a long, long time, Vertigo was like, I would pick up nearly every single title. I remember picking yeah. up Scalped. I read Scalped, Scalped. you know, yep. all yeah. the Sheriff of Babylon, you know, and I, I picked that up just based on it being a Vertigo all title. Right. All right. I, I, I got it. Yeah. Oh, go I, ahead, got a, I got a, I got a hot take here. You guys get, think about this. I'll throw out my opinion. Uh, most overrated Vertigo title. Ooh. Um, so I'll just throw mine out there now. Transmetropolitan. Wow. Wow. My heart. Yeah. Ouch. It's a spicy take. It's spicy. It hurts Tell to go why. down sometimes. Honestly, I just I I just hated the character of Spider Jerusalem. 
Like really? he just, yeah, he just like, I, I tried reading through it. I just had zero connection with the guy. And like, I tried reading through it and like, I just, I wanted the dude just to end up dead. Like it just, he didn't do anything for me, you know, like it, like the, there wasn't really any likable characters in the whole series that I could really like, a, like, I don't know, like a POV character. Yeah. Like there there was really nothing like that. Like, like you take something that like, one of my other, like, I'm sure all of our favorite series here with uh, the Invisibles, like that series is fucking insane. Like, yeah, yeah. it's like it's like a magic spell on paper. Like, it's just, it's just insane. But there's at least a POV character that you can attach to that gets you know a little bit of the narrative centered around, so you can keep track of what's going on. Transmet is just this like world of shitheads with this other shithead that's trying to change the shitheads to be other shitheads. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, yeah. it just, I just two Ed Lord. What's that? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> two edge lord no not you i'm talking about spider oh, oh yeah 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 like he's too <laughs> like he was like forced he feels like a forced yeah. character yeah he does yeah, like, i can kind uh, of echo that like i could see that yeah, yeah so that yeah man that's, that's a hard one the, the most overrated though that's it is that's, mine's gonna be e- mine's kind of easy like i didn't really dig uh you didn't, you didn't dig what now sweet tooth from jeffrey oh okay Lemire, who's like a, another all-star and that's i I don't know if that was his first title or the first big thing he ever did, really. I'm sure he did up before it, but it's the first time I remember his name being quite a bit. And uh, yeah, never resonated with me. I never got I just never got into it, you know? Yeah, um, I, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't actually get into Sweet Tooth either. And that that did that did receive a lot of critical acclaim. I think it's hard to think of like one that would be overrated because it has to, I mean, by definition, that would mean that it has to be pretty popular. Right. So um, I, I, when I'm thinking about it, the one that just comes to mind and I don't hate this book, you know, and, and there's good people attached, but I, you know, they even made a TV series out of this, um, but it would probably have to be iZombie. Um, you know, just because mm. I, I don't know, I just wasn't, I tried I, cause I'm really into horror and I'm really into like weird, stuff like that but i tried getting into that book and i love you know a lot of the michael allred stuff um but i just could not <laughs> i couldn't get into that book you know and and that and, and i mean the book happens i mean it takes place in oregon too which is kind of fun but i couldn't get into that the show really ruined the book for me in a lot of ways <laughs> wasn't it on oh, upn or something or like oh, the, the yeah, WB or something <laughs> i don't it's yeah it was one of the it was a real bad tv show and when it came out i actually saw the show before i read the book and so it was kind of like oh boy so i kind of i can see how that would be overrated because that one and i believe you know? yeah i mean it, a lot of people are really into the the show and then by default the book now which is kind of interesting but you know i i guess spinning off of this topic i mean again um for our listeners out there if you haven't ever read any vertigo if you haven't ever gotten into any of these books like go back i mean just go and type in vertigo comics into your google browser and 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 take a look at all the different books that you can get you know just take a look at and read and and maybe explore because again this was an imprint um an imprint of dc comics that really helped to pave the way for for image that really helped to pave the way for shadowhawk really i mean let's just be honest yeah and and let's just be clear here if you have the option of reading transmetropolitan or shadowhawk you know what you got to do you got to read shadowhawk first then go read transmit you know but but what's i guess what's really amazing about when we're talking about like some of the larger like i I guess independent published books like if we're talking about image it's really interesting to have seen over the last 25 years how they've actually morphed how they've actually become 
what they are today, you know, because I would have never have thought that they would have stuck around, you know, you know, I really wouldn't have because, um, you know, that first wave of, of, of books and the second wave of books. And then, I mean, by 1995, 96, 97, I mean, there just wasn't a lot of good image books, you know, it really, we can really probably attribute the, the success. Bad. Yeah. They're just terrible. No, they're I mean, I mean, in a lot of ways, and we could talk about this for a long time and I don't want us to go too off the path on this, but walking dead. Spawn. really. Helped. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Spawn, Spawn helped to keep Spawn. image alive. <laughs> Spawn was a huge moneymaker, but you know, oh, I was. Walking it dead, was like walking dead changed kind of pulled it out of like the the abyss there you know um as well with some ownership changes and leadership changes but invincible kind of helped too to a lesser extent but oh yeah yeah Yeah. i mean we might as well robert kirkman really yeah yeah to give some props to him and you know i I mean and again like we we can talk all day about image and so many of the good books that they put out and and again what's great about them is that they give these creators a platform to really um you know create something new um not be really involved um you know give them kind of free reign to kind of do what they need to do but but again there's so many cool like smaller publishers i mean if you guys had to pick like one smaller publisher out there to give a shout out to what would it be Mm, i gotta make this good (laughs) yeah you get what are you gonna pick zach (laughs) gosh I don't know. I, I got to think. Matt, you can go first on this one. Uh, man, can I cheat? Can I pick two? Yeah, you uh, can totally pick two. Yeah. I mean, we already... So it, it we touched upon Boom Studios, which is really hot yeah. right now. So hot. Um, but so hot. Very hot. It's like very, very interesting. You know, like they... They got... They, they just... They just keep pumping out good book after good book right now. So I really... You know, I, I, I got to give props to it, but we've already done that. But I really quite a few Aftershock titles, too. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Like uh, Animosity kind of flew under the radar. I thought Baby Teeth was cool, which is written by Donnie Cates. You know, um, I mean, that did you read Brothers Dracul? Anybody? I haven't. I haven't read that. Huh? Oh, that's a really cool book, horror book, too. Um, so they just got a lot of stuff that kind of is going to be a bit tougher to get. Dark Red is on there, which I know um, kind of was like a little hot title for a minute. Um, but just a lot of stuff from Aftershock is really uh, just cool. Oh, yeah, that's a good that's a good that's a good publisher. Yeah. And my favorite title from them right now, is Knights, which is a book that I what is it? Knights Temporal. Oh, yes. That book is rad. Yeah. And so, you know, um, just all kinds of cool stuff on Aftershock. Kind of if listeners, if you're kind of thinking about like digging real deep, these are ones that are probably your comic shop. Maybe get just a couple titles, sometimes maybe even just pull titles. So maybe check out with your local comic shop. And, what would be your other one that you'd you'd probably recommend? Oh, that was Boom. Man, I oh, just okay, was Boom. Of, yeah. <laughs> but we already we well we we had that like yeah. shout out to him before and I mean but nearly every boom title coming out right now is really good yeah they're they're all solid. What yeah. about you, Zach? What do you got? All right, all right. All right. So I got uh, I got two. One uh, uh, they both have Oregon connections, so the, it makes it easy. Uh, dark Dark Horse. I mean, they're they're kind of they're they're a big enough one, but uh, you know. Love them for all their Hellboy, BPRD, and, and everything else they've been putting out. Uh, but the other one is Oni Press. 
Uh, Oni Press based out of Portland. Um, They put out uh, a few books that I followed for a while. They're the Greg Rucka series, uh, Wideout. It was actually a graphic novel. I don't know if you guys ever read that once. The um, crime uh, crime story set down in the Antarctic. Um, One of Greg Rucka's earlier stuff. Um, and then I know they're also doing the, I'm, I'm probably going to get hate for this, but I don't care. They're doing the Rick and Morty comic, <laughs> which is pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I'll die on this hill. I don't care. Um, and then I think it, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong here. Cause I know you've been reading it too, but that, uh, Agritsuko comic, I know mm-hmm. I got the, I could pick up the second issue, but they're also publishing that. So that's, that's been a fun series so far. Yeah. Those are good, good, stuff. Those are good picks. I, I think that, um, Two of mine that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of pick, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of these, but the first one that I'm going to pick is um, they're really actually hitting the scene really hard now. And, I, and some of their books are absolutely fantastic. And it's Scout Comics, Scout Comics and yeah. Entertainment. Um, I mean, this is, uh, you know, they publish creator owned comics, um, but they're always bringing really new talented voices to, you know, I guess their sort of medium. Um, and they have some really, really good books. And I don't want to shout out to all of them, but some of them are really good, like Forever Maps and Eskimo Kisses. But the one that I really want to shout out to, if you guys haven't read it yet, is one called Electric Black. The Electric Ooh. Black. And that book mm. is rad. And the art is fantastic. So if you if you want to get a yeah, if you want to get a cool like indie book, um, definitely check that book out. You know, it's it's a little bit more kind of a cult, eerie, kind of a horror title, but it's really, really good. Um, the other small publisher that I wanted to quickly mention, um, which again is, you know, just th- these guys are, are just knocking it out of the park, is uh, TKO Studios. And, you know, these guys really got the attention of about a year ago or two um, because they really wanted to create, you know, a publishing and distribution model that was essentially tailored to how um, audiences engage with media. And so they were kind of breaking away from the stranglehold of Diamond um, and really trying to bring, I guess, comics to you know all of us in a different way so that we can actually binge read those stories, um, you know, so that we can get all of them at once. Um, and some of the books are absolutely gorgeous. I mean, Seven Deadly Sins, I gotta give a shout out to that book. Um, you know, but the I think the book that I really truly loved the most was a book that was called Sarah. And this is a book by Garth Ennis and Steve Epting. And it was, you know, I can't recommend this book enough. And, you know, for small publishers out there, this is the kind of quality work that you can really get if you pick up or just take a look at some of these smaller publishers and and see what they're doing. Because this is a book, Sarah was a book that would have been in my top five for the books that came out that year. It's just absolutely fantastic. So that's a little bit about, I guess, you know, some of the, the smaller publishers, the impacts of those publishers, you know, where they came from, how Image, um, you know, persevered over all of these years and, and really how they were in some ways inspired by Vertigo. But um, what do you guys think of how all of these things are, I guess, in, you know, I guess inspiring or influencing media like TV shows, movies, that sort of thing? Oh, it's huge, huge, huge. The The impact of like, I mean, everywhere you turn, like these are getting scooped up and it's because it's an easier property for, you know, movie studios and TV um, to pick up. And they're just in some some ways higher quality. Like, I mean, you can't get any Marvel title, you know, you can't get any DC title, but all these guys that are writing the best stories in the DC and Marvel universe 
are making image books. Yeah. Nearly every single one of them have like a book at image, a book at like Aftershock or, you know, all these other places that in a lot of ways is superior in storytelling and at least some ways more original. So, you know, that's a it's a no brainer for a lot, of these, you know, to get picked up. I mean, nearly every title we've talked about has in some fashion. And I mean, yeah. On the horizon, there's going to be the Sandman Netflix series. There's going to be the Bone Netflix series. Um, all of them. You know, what would be what would be one that you would want to see that really hasn't been announced yet? For me, yeah. Um, or Zach, like I, either of you. Guys. Oh man, <laughs> mine Big is question. mine. I, it was supposed to happen, and it's rumored to happen. But I would made into. A you would love to see what? Black hole. Charlie. Oh, okay. You know, turned into something Ooh. action, or even the animation, seeing his art animated, would be super super cool or um oh, i love charlie burns i know that and i totally just like pulled that rug out from under yeah <laughs> um that's such a great book mm-hmm. yeah it, it would be such a fucked up cartoon though oh my god <laughs> what, what would be yours zach what would be oh uh, gosh um I you know I want to I want to see something I I think it's yeah you know, I mean I know it's been done before but I would like to see a better version of it I guess and that is <laughs> the Walking Dead TV series. <laughs> oh, I just was so kidding. Shadow, just so kidding. Shadow Hawk. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, <laughs> no. shots fired. Shots yeah. fired. Oh, n- nobody that listens to this watches The Walking Dead. I guarantee you. Admit- <laughs> no. Well, no one, no one does anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great, cool yeah, story, bro. Yeah, um, gosh, I, I don't know, like, because the majority of the the stuff that that I like that I would want to see adapted into a different uh, media forms, like already been done. Like the nineteen ninety Ninja Turtles was fucking awesome. Um, I, I still love that movie. I, I still watch it from time to time. Um, I guess maybe a crow remake would be pretty sweet. I haven't seen like the uh, God, what was oh, it? Oh, that's uh, that's totally coming with Jason Momoa. So you, you know. Oh, is it? Oh, no, it got, yeah, you're, it yeah, got you're canned. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, it got canned. It kind of like on the side. I think it was like an Instagram post by Momoa. Well, you uh, just uh, you just dried up Zach's panties. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably filming Aquaman too. So I mean, I guess I guess uh, a crow or maybe. Uh, as much as I hate uh, Alan Moore movies, maybe better League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, yeah, that's that's a great one. I think mine yeah. would be I'd love to see like HBO uh, take a stab at um, American Vampire. Um, I, I'd really I, I think I'd like to see that as long as it was done in a tasteful manner where it's really respecting Snyder and and uh, and really even trying to respect Albuquerque and, and some of the panels that he had on the page. Um, See, I think that I, would be really fun. I think that that's the problem, man. A lot of these series, they get, I don't know if people think that they know better than the creators or if they just, you know, they're quote unquote TV or movie people. So they know what stuff needs to be, but it just seems like a lot of the properties that have made it to that point where they get made into shows, just like they get so turned away from what made them great comics that they just, like become unwatchable and oh totally i'm like a preacher is the the biggest one like i just yeah, yeah i mean yeah, matt ooh. matt actually soldiered through three episodes i made it through half of one so i mean it's it just yeah. the, the, the characterization or what they can and can't do on tv that they, that they can do in the comics like it's just it seems so so limiting so i mean i'm i'm 
you know, just kind of oh, spitballing no. here, but no. it's, <laughs> you're yeah. totally right. I'm just you're completely totally right. No, I mean, I mean, I'm sure that like I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did American Vampire on HBO if it was like True Blood Part Two. I really wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't. Wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it totally makes sense to me. Or I mean, even if we saw, I, I mean, I would love to see some movies too, some feature films based off some of the great graphic novels. I think of the last like maybe ten to fifteen years. Like, I'd love to see like a really good Pax Romana movie. I would love to see that. Like, if it was really well done. You think that could be done? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I mean, it used to be that comic books, I mean, part of the reason I think comic books are the greatest media is because there's like no limitation. There's like no budget. It's like right. what you think up, you know, but as movies now, you know, and the the special effects and everything, they can do nearly as much as comics. So you can't, they, you can't really give the studios any more leeway when it comes to like completely ruining books anymore. Like, like, you yeah. know, Preacher should have been done easy. You know, like you have the source. Oh, yeah. You have all these things that you could pull from. And, you know, like Zach said, the characterization is usually so poor. They usually butcher the characters, motives, just their core being. That happens in most of the movies. You know, that's why. Oh, good. Oh, no, that's what I was going to say. Like Marvel has been so successful, even with like the changes, the core concepts that make the characters great. They have kept intact. You know, like when you hand these off to someone else, they're like, man, whatever, you know. I mean, they just go ahead and do whatever the hell they yeah. think they're going to do. Yeah, I'm yeah. just, I'm just picturing like an Avengers, you know, Endgame ending scene, like the big Avengers assemble where all the portals are coming out. Except <laughs> for Avengers, it's a bunch of like Catholic priests and mercenaries and stuff coming into ancient Rome. <laughs> 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 oh, that'd be awesome. But uh, you did remind me though, Max, uh, as far as Jonathan Hickman stuff goes, uh, realistically, I think a nightly news movie could be done, and I think it could be done fairly well. So I would like to see that done. No, I think that would be a really, really fantastic. Uh, I mean, any almost anything by Hickman could be amazing if it was done in the right way. I mean, could be, but it could be. You like no, not possible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so yeah, no. well, I mean, let's talk. So like, uh, so uh, the other side, Man- no Man- Manhattan projects. I don't think there's any way you can make that into a. No, no way you can no. make it into a movie. You could yeah. possibly do a TV show. Well, it's such high concept, like in you know usually usually you know tv tv uh uh producers and movie studios they the high concept is not what sells you know and it's not what their bread and butter is or what they think they can shield the people usually independent smaller yeah they want to say they want to they want to sell boobs and like and and boobs and more boobs and boobs and you know like but hickman's writing is way too you know, I mean, oh my There's god! Too many pie charts. Uh, yeah, like oh Venn my diagrams. God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ones that don't make sense to people. You know, like how are you going to capitalize that on like your HBO show for forty-five minutes? Like I don't. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it should be really interesting to see you know what Netflix and and what all these other like you know streaming platforms are going to have in store for for fans, you know, for for comic book readers, you know, because it almost seems. You know, again, like especially the last five years, um, studios and and production companies are just mining the comic book industry for ideas. A lot of these artists, a lot of these creators, a lot of these writers, they're putting out, um, you know, books. And after like the first or second issue, they're already being optioned for TV rights and movie rights. So, 
Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and we're seeing... the first issue triples in price and you can't find it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. it's, pretty, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and, and again, there's, there's <laughs> super great. Yeah. <laughs> super great. Great, great business model, guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and there's good stuff um, and there's bad stuff. Um, I, I would have to lean on the side that there's actually a lot more bad stuff, unfortunately, um, the good stuff. But I, I don't foresee that that changing anytime soon. But um, we kind of want to do our question of the week. Um, and this is kind of an interesting question. Um, I know, you know, what Zach's answer is, is probably going to be, um, you know, <laughs> but if you had an indie character, um, you know, where would you like to see, you know, a crossover? Like, where would you like to see this indie character from an indie book or a small published book crossover into like maybe a, a major universe like Marvel or DC? Oh, a major universe! Oh my! Well, it could be anything. Like it can, it can be anything. Yeah. It could be anything. If, yeah, I mean, if you want, if you want Shadowhawk to cross over into, you know, Family Ties or, um, you know, you know, one of those I things. Think they, I think they did that episode. Honestly, <laughs> a very special episode. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, gosh, gosh. Okay, okay. Let me think here. Um, if anybody thinks of something before me, I know one character. I just don't know where I want him to end up yet. Okay, what about you, Matt? Um, well, damn, uh, mine would be something kind of like really offbeat here. Uh, I don't know if anybody ever, did you guys ever read sad at all? The comic book, which black comic? sad, black sad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's super cool. Like, um, kind of like nor, uh, anthropomorphic book, you know, I think dark horse, um, uh, reprinted it, but the character anyway is. Or, you know, a private eye or set during like World War II, um, but it's a cat. And I would love to see that uh, in, you know, World War II era books like the Captain America unit. Um, oh, okay. Mostly because um, I just would like to see that um, the creator, um, I think his name is Juan Canales. I don't remember exactly, but uh, I would love to see him take on like bigger. Uh, you know, a bigger universe. And also, like, I love old, that, like, Atlas-era Marvel books because they're so, um, how do I put it? Like, they, they, there was, like, no restraint. <laughs> you know, like, they had, yeah. they weren't, they weren't, like, pumping out the titles like they did, you know, uh, and I just love the, all that old Captain America books quite a bit. So that's my pick. Really odd. No, that's an awesome pick. What about you, Zach? All right, all right. Uh, so I'm going to take the character, and it's something I meant to talk about when we were talking about our favorite uh, uh, comics of the past, but I forgot. Um, take the character Concrete from the Concrete series and put him in the regular Marvel universe. Now, the reason why is that Concrete, if you haven't read it, it's a story about a guy who gets his brain put into a alien built body that is made out of entirely a concrete, right? But the series itself is super grounded and it's basically about him being this freak and this oddity in the world and how he overcomes all the daily struggles of being this giant monster in basically, you know, a, a, a very similar version of our reality here. 
Um, but taking that character and putting him into a universe where characters like him are like a dime a dozen, you know, you got other characters, you know, you got the mutants, fantastic four Avengers, you basically have all these superheroes running around basically seeing his transition of like his mental state to accept the fact that he's no longer special. And what made him special is just very commonplace in the Marvel universe and seeing how he reacts to that. And if you like, honestly, I could see him like becoming a little more villainous in the end of it, just based off the character, <laughs> an, an, an evil concrete with a cape, <laughs> an evil. No, I don't think he would have a cape. I mean, he just, he'd, he'd probably like tattoo himself or something, like spray paint his body with all these. Oh, like, yeah. I, I, I can see some, I can see something like just seeing the character make the transition and like realize that, you know, he's not special anymore. We just, I think that would be an interesting miniseries, uh, you know, but it would probably get old pretty quick because then they would have him getting revamped every couple of years or whatever. Oh, he would be so pissed when he saw the thing. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's actually what I was going to ask. Do you think they would talk about having. Talk about what? Having no penises. Oh, yeah. The thing well, in concrete. Do you think they would. Well, <laughs> you think they would be able to like form some bond that they're both like hitting. Like, I, I think this creatures is with a, no junks. I think that's a good um I guess segue where you can yeah. actually, you know, maybe at some point talk a little bit about you know, some of the fanfic that you're writing that really goes into <laughs> Yeah. You know. Yeah, of course, but, that, but that's not gonna be under my real name, so yeah, good luck finding that. <laughs> you know, as, I think, as long as, uh, as, long as we're on the topic, ahead. as long as we're on the topic of superhero underwear and private parts and all that, like do, do you guys ever like who who's like no. No, you no, don't want to go there. Yeah. I was going to bring up. Gonna I was going to bring up Colossus. Stop. Colossus, oh. no Colossus. <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, yeah I mean that, that one. That one's got to be interesting because nobody doubts that he has a, a, a wank. But I mean, you know, Ben Grimm, he you know went back to a human form, and I'm assuming everything was you know fine and dandy there. So I think Thing does have a penis. It's does. just he, it's just covered in rock. Yeah, I mean, concrete doesn't have anything. Unfortunately, he's just yeah. you know smooth as butter down there. <laughs> so you think the Thing has a wiener? Of course, he, yeah. yeah, he, he, he has, has to. to. Yeah, what do you mean he has to? Why well, he, he totally, to? he totally does. Like, come on. Okay, so why, why wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is he like? Is it more like he's in rock? Skin is made of rock. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the whole thing's made of rock. Like, it, it's just, it's his. Uh... Would you say it's rock solid? Hey yo, <laughs> well, moving on. Well no, well, no. Now the real question is: is what happens to Sam Guthrie's penis when he goes into his cannonball form? Well, we're gonna we're we're going way <laughs> off base here because we're gonna have an entire episode where we talk about the penis and its implications as far as superhero origins are concerned. So, okay, uh, stay, tuned, stay tuned for that, listeners. Um, we're definitely gonna have that coming at you. My choice, I think, for I guess a crossover that I'd like to see is I would love to see. I'm a massive Dick Tracy fan. I would love to see Dick Tracy <laughs> in the Chew comic. If you're not familiar with Chew, it's about what? Uh, <laughs> yes, I think it would be amazing. You know, Chew is like a, a comic about Tony Chew, and he basically solves crimes by getting like a psychic impression from whatever he tastes, like food, like if he tastes blood, if he, you know, whatever it is, he can kind of like solve crimes by tasting the crime scene in a lot of ways. I think that universe would be amazing for just kind of like the Dick Tracy universe as well, because, you know, Dick Tracy and all of the crime lords that he faced, like Flat Top and everything else, would just fit that sort of dude, universe. Dude, awesome wouldn't way. you rather have Chew in the Dick Tracy universe so you can get lines like, boy, this crime tastes like prune face or something well, like yeah, that? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be, that would Damn be it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Is it I'll be here all night, folks. Thank you. Is that the movie universe or the comic book universe? <laughs> it's well, Warren Beatty. 
yeah, either one. Yeah, Warren I mean, Beatty, Madonna, we need them. Yeah, yeah, we we got to have you know both of those guys, and you know oh, I think God. I think that would be a lot of fun. But um, I think that Man, I uh, watch I, that. I think it would be cool. I really think it would be fun. Yeah. I think that, that would totally fit. But um, Dude, and you get ten hosting points for making the transition from superhero genitalia to talking about Dick Tracy. By the way, yeah. that was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well played. Yeah, well good done. Job. What a professional. Good job, Max. Yeah, I mean, it, we we try, we try here at the we Turbo try. Comics podcast. We yeah. try here at the Turbo Comics yeah, podcast. We definitely try. You know, there is one other thing that I wanted to mention as we kind of wrap up. You know, I did say that you know with episode four, we were totally going to be giving away a prize to you know one of the people who have either subscribed to our podcast, who have subscribed to our newsletter, um, and so I did want to let you guys know who that winner is. And that winner is Mr. Brent Hart of Meridian, Idaho. So Brent Hart, you are the winner of a prize. And the prize that we're giving away this week is Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends One-Shot Number One. So this is a book that came out in 1981. Um, It's the first full appearance of Firestar. Um, You know, it's a pretty cool book, especially if you're a Spidey fan. So Brent Hart, if you're listening, we're definitely going to be contacting you to let you know how you can pick up your book. And with that, we're going to kind of wrap up the episode. Um, I kind of want to let you guys let people know who were you. They can find you. Yeah, I I thought the winner was Bret Hart for a second there. (laughs) You're really excited. I was totally waiting for you to actually make that joke. I'm just super glad it's not any of Zach's fan fiction that he like I'm oh, yeah. yeah well, Again, they don't know my real name, so they're never going to find out about this podcast. So it's fine. <laughs> so speaking of which, if you want to find me on social media, uh, I'm on <laughs> Instagram at Paper Abyss, and you spell Abyss A B Y S S Comics. Uh, don't expect anything up there except for just recent acquisitions or some of my favorite groups uh, or favorite groups, favorite issues. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. it's like all it's like all Shadowhawk, the whole wall. Yeah, it's just I, Shadowhawk I, issues. No, I recently came into another Darkhawk number one, so I'll probably be posting that one here before too much longer. How but, many do you have? How many do you have now? What's um, the count? So I've got two graded and seven raw right now. Wow. Okay. And I think you yeah. probably have about five or six in, in your poll with Turbo Comics as well. Yeah, yeah I'm, st- I'm still waiting on that in the mail. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just check me out on there. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you out there on social media. I don't respond to DMs, though, so don't bother doing that. Oh, man. That's that. Yeah, I got I to <laughs> set the rules, you know? <laughs> what about you, Matt? Where can we find you? Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. I, you can find me at. Ex- uh, everything you know. He, he so, said so ex- it, he said exalted funeral for everybody who he just said exalted like, funeral. It really? it totally, it dude, totally cut out again. That's like three episodes in a row. That word that's is black magic, life, man. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's those demon books you have in your house. Okay, well, you can find me at Cosmic Skull on uh, Cosmic Skull Comics on Instagram, where I just post stupid, stupid stuff. Also, just like um, Zach does. Um, I won't say his last name this time, but you know, we. Uh, Thanks, you buddy. See just a the, the personal comic book journey. And uh, also I run exalted funeral, which is there it goes. Yeah. Every single uh, social media platform. And, uh, and if you want to find more professional Instagram posts, I'll give this over to Max because you can find them. Yeah. So, you know, you can find us, you know, there's a whole bunch of places where you can find us if you haven't already, you know, found that out, but um, you know, you can find us on Instagram. It's at turbo comics. You can find us on Twitter. It's at turbo comics ID. Um, We're obviously on Facebook at turbo comics and then make sure you take a look at our shop. It's 
uh, turbocomicshop.com. Um, again, make sure you follow us on, on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out our cast. Um, you know, you can listen to this thing on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, podcast.com, on Google Play Store. So, you know, we're everywhere. So make sure you're, 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 you're taking a look at us. You're giving us um, your time. If you, if you can listen to even 10 minutes, let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Tweet at us, message us, DM us. Even though Zach doesn't, you know, like DMs, definitely Dude, I'll, DM I'll still No, I'll still yeah. read it. It'll hurt me a lot on the inside, yeah. but I'm not going to respond. Please DM Paper Abyss uh, Comics on, no. on Instagram and let them know, like, how much you love Shadowhawk. Um, you know, and, but, and you transmit. Know, yeah, yeah and transmit, you know. But, but definitely check us out. You know, again, you know, we're going to continue to give away prizes. We're going to continue to um, engage our listeners. So um, we can't wait to hear from you again. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.